0: Until next time, this is your host, Edwin Somnambulist, wishing you all pleasant nightmares. <music> this is Edwin. Hello? Uh,
1: uh, there he is, Edwin. Look, we've got a bit of a problem here. We've just done the quarterlies, and your ratings are down. And I mean, way down. You're dragging our entire lineup into their dumps.
0: Ah, well. I'm no marketing genius, but do you think that has something to do with the fact that my show's on at 4 a.m.? I mean, I'm sandwiched between a show called The Sounds of Graveyards and an infomercial for a new brand of smart toilets. That's not exactly prime time slot real estate.
1: Edwin, 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 shut up for a second, William. Now, the thing is, we'd love to give you a better time slot, but, well, can I be perfectly frank with
0: you? More frank than when you told me all about your prostate problems at the Christmas party? Oh, gee, I certainly hope you can top that.
1: Well, now, Edwin, you see, here's the thing. All of us around station, well, we hate you. A lot. And you're just weird. This, this whole music obsession thing, which it just doesn't sell. You know what sells, Edwin?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that I couldn't possibly hope to...
1: Girls! Girls sell, Edwin. Shows hosted by Bleach bomb Bikini Models with lots of um, you know, assets and, and great big amounts of talent. Yeah, lots of talent. Now that
0: okay, I, I don't even know where to start with that. First off, this is radio. How is that even going to help? And secondly, you mean like what MTV tried in the 90s? That was disastrous to any bit of credibility. Whoa, that it... whoa, whoa!
1: All right, Mr. Music Guy. Since you're such a supporter of the integrity of music and its rich
2: history, I'll make you a deal. We need to digitize... All of the station's old vinyl
1: records to update them in a more modern format. If you can get through all of it, we'll give you a prime slot.
0: Well, that sounds great. I mean, I love listening to music, and how long could it possibly take?
1: All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, how long could it take? <laughs> <laughs>
0: a lot less great. Oh, dear. The Vinyl Larder Greetings, music lovers. I'm Edwin, and welcome to the first installment of The Vinyl Larder. Now the whole point of this show is that I'm going to digitize some of the old vinyl records that I have kicking around here and talking a little bit about the history of the music. There is so much music on my shelves here that you have probably never heard before and may never ever hear again. And that's uh, some of the magic of vinyl. But Let's get things started off, shall we? Ministry has a long and you might say somewhat synonymous history with Chicago's legendary Wax Tracks Records, having released their first single on the label when the band first started in 1981. After jumping to Arista two years later to release their debut album With Sympathy, they came back to Wax Tracks in 85 to release a string of standalone singles, including their breakaway club mega hit Every Day Is Halloween. And for some people, this is really the Alpha and Omega of their exposure to ministry, even though this synth-pop phase constituted only the fledgling moments of their career. Some of their best and most beloved work came in the following years, after their style started meshing rock, metal, and industrial together to produce works like The Land of Rape and Honey, The Mind's a Terrible Thing to Taste, and Psalm 69. If you've ever been in a goth club, you've probably heard Every Day is Halloween with the same frequency that ACDC gets played in a strip club. But what you've probably never heard is the A-side to that hit All Day, a sample-laden, poppy melody about the injustices of the workaday world. Formed in London in 1980, portion control was right there at the beginning of industrial music, though the members themselves turned their sound to be electropunk or hard rhythmic electronics. Now, if you've never heard of them, you're certainly not alone. They're generally considered to be one of the most influential obscure acts in industrial music. Here's something completely unrelated. In 1984, Broderbund Software released a game called Karatika, in which you played the protagonist, kicking your way through screen after screen of enemies to rescue your true love. I played the hell out of that game when I was a kid. I I don't think I ever beat it, and it's probably a good thing, because if you get to the end and you're still in your fighting stance, then your true love beats you up. It's a great example of uh, women's rights movement at the beginning of video games right there. So, why do I mention this? Well, Portion Control released a track called Karatika on their 1986 disc, Purge. Were they fans of the game? Does this have anything to do with it? I don't really know. Karatika translates into practitioner of karate, so it's not really a whole lot to go on, but If you know the answer to this, drop me an email. I've always had an extreme fondness in my heart for German EBM legends, X marks the pedwalk. But if you ask me to describe why I feel that way, I'd be very hard pressed. And I suppose describing that is kind of what I'm doing right now. So just watch me fail at this. There's no questioning that their influence on late 80s and early 90s EBM scene is enormous. When DJ Tala 2XLC of bygod 20 and Mosqua TV fame formed an EBM industrial label in 89, uh, he had to immediately sign this little-known band with a great sound called Scarecrow. Just a couple of kids, really, but they had this promising single in 88 called Black Door. So now they're on a label. They can't just be called Scarecrow. Not enough punch. So they retitle themselves X Marks the Pedwalk. And the name of the label? Why, it's Zoth Amog, of course. And while I like their contemporary music, that fondness I spoke of is rooted in the group's works on Zoth. It's the rawness and primitiveness of youth, and their singles are really catchy, culminating in the polished production of 1995's Facer, Perhaps my favorite of all their tracks. But it's really hard to ignore the allure of their early career work, like the single "Santa Taff."
1: They collect their thick tongues and shake their heads and suggest, oh, so very delicately.
0: I do take my responsibilities seriously. <laughs>
2: Shame.
1: What? <laughs>
0: So much like Ministry, the Sisters of Mercy have a few club hits that have grown a bit long in the tooth over the years. That's not to say they're, they're not excellent songs, but few DJs wander from their limited range of hits, though some DJs wander by mistake. In any case, the Sisters have a really interesting history, which I promise I'll get into sometime, But we're talking about a group here that has an enormous body of excellent work. Whether you gravitate towards the hits or the B-sides, one thing you've got to love about the sisters is their covers. And while a lot of them never made it to official recordings, their legacy lives on in the form of bootlegs, of which there's an enormous number of for the sisters. Just looking at a list of their covers gives you some sense of exactly how diverse the sisters' influences were, ranging everywhere from Dolly Parton to Leonard Cohen. And this bizarre outlier, a little number from a British funk and soul group called Hot Chocolate. If you're not familiar with that band, do a Google search. Their biggest hit is one I'm sure you've heard before. the vinyl larder. Join me again next time as I go through the station's library and digitize some choice cuts directly off of wax for your enjoyment. And if you did enjoy it please consider becoming a supporter of the show to help us out with our production costs. You can find more details at patreon.com/isn radio and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And one thing's for sure friends you can look forward to experiencing more of my 12 inches. This is Edwin. I'll catch you all next time.
2: The proceeding has been a presentation of Ravenscroft Media 2015. www.isnradio.com.